Hello, and welcome to another edition of Morning Hoops Basketball Podcast. We're raising the roof here like it's yeah, 1998, nice. right? I appreciated you joining me in raising of the roof to open the show. It, You know, it's it's become your thing, and I, I like it so much I had to get involved when I saw you getting it in early. So You know, it's not just something from the late 90s or early 2000s. Uh, you know, you see basketball players all the time will run down, especially like Joel Embiid. He'll run down the court just raising the roof and stuff, and it's like, yeah, brother. <laughs> Uh, Joel Embiid is someone we're going to talk about tonight because we have a very special episode. We're going to do our early all-star predictions. And uh, if you guys are doing the live stream, uh, make sure you like, subscribe, rate, review. Same thing if you're checking us out in podcast form. And let us know. Maybe you have a, a fun NBA all-star hot take. We'd love to know what you think about what Kyle and I are talking about, what you think um, about uh, the show in general. And uh, maybe you have something else that you want to ask about your fantasy team. Uh, we can get a few of those quick questions in uh, at, at, at times. Uh, but most importantly, uh, we're going to talk about the NBA All-Star uh, early predictions this evening. Before we get there, though, Kyle, we have a few notes from uh, Gordon Hayward and then also uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves this evening. Yeah, we do have a couple of news items. I did want to say uh, about the all-star voting that opens up on December 25th on Christmas Day. Have they have they always done that? It's a week from today. I yeah, I don't recall that being the the big push or the big like release of, oh, now you can vote. Go vote on Christmas Day. I mean, yeah, Christmas Day has just really blown up for the NBA the last Ten, I'd say this decade, at least for me, um, with all the games they do. And you go, basically, you wake up to the time you go to sleep, you have NBA basketball game on. Yeah, so it's awesome. It's I mean, pretty it's awesome. A, Absolutely. One of the funnest days of the year if you're a basketball fan and you are and you have a family who just stays home all day. And then it's like, you yes. you know, it's it's awesome to just have it exactly. on in the background you just as have you're playing board background. games and whatnot. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and then making it even more fun the last few years with uh, changing up the jerseys, doing special Christmas Day yeah, jerseys. Yep making the rivalries, uh, picking the opponents uh, very strategically. Uh, last year was the first time the Bucks got to play on Christmas since like the 70s or something. Well, think about how much more engagement that is potentially creating it by uh, announcing or initiating the voting on Christmas Day too because you do have such a high concentration of casual fans checking in who would want to participate in something like that who but who may not hear about it uh if it's announced on a, a lesser volume day or a lesser focus day for the league. So, I, I mean, I might be wrong. I just may not be remembering it correctly from past years, but seeing it start on December 25th this year, this, this year stands out to me. Uh, but yeah, anyway, some quick news items from the day so we can get into our, our early predictions for who's going to be uh, the all-star starters and reserves. Um, Gordon Hayward, it was held out of Wednesday's game with a sore foot and, uh, Coach Brad Stevens went on the radio to talk about the injury, said that this is something that was bothering Gordon Hayward even before he broke his hand. So the fact that Hayward was out for about a month with a broken hand comes back and then has another reoccurrence or the uh, persistence of this foot issue, it is it is a concern. We don't really have any specifics on it right now from what I've seen. So uh, maybe it's a plantar fascia injury, maybe – you would have to imagine if it was something more like a, a stress reaction or something that the team, they had to have already done MRIs, right? If they've known about it for this long, they've had to have checked it out in that regard. 
you would think that with a professional training staff that every everything is being done to their fullest ability to keep players as healthy as possible and it is many games in most cases. Um, Luka Doncic uh, is going to travel with the team this weekend, but it's highly unlikely he plays on their two-game road trip. It's, it is pretty interesting, though, that we're already saying that, like, well, we're not going to completely rule out the idea that he might be returning or we're not going to just completely say, yes, he's definitely out. Um, so that's super interesting to me. Another interesting thing that happened before the or yeah, before the show started tonight, uh, Robert Covington was announced as coming off the bench for the Minnesota Timberwolves in their game against the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, the, in this game, the Timberwolves are missing Carl Anthony Towns, their best player. Uh, so you, they were already going to make one change to the starting lineup by putting Gorgie Jang in there, the backup center, as the starter. But Coach Ryan Saunders decided to make wholesale changes because they also had uh, rookie guard Jarrett Culver out due to an illness. So Jeff Teague was stepping into the starting lineup. And ultimately, Coach Ryan Saunders decided to also throw Trevion Graham in the starting lineup, bring Robert Covington off the bench. Um, and it's just kind of a weird situation because – it's why would you ever bring Robert Covington off the bench? And, and there are some arguments for using this lineup, but it's uh, the, the longer I think about any of them, I just keep coming back to like, well, still Robert Covington isn't like a hard guy to fit into any lineup. He's a three point shooter and a defender. Right. But before the show, you were sort of trying to rationalize it a little bit about how you're keeping consistency with the bench guys all playing together, but doing it in the starting lineup surrounded by or along with your second star in Andrew Wiggins. And, and Andrew Wiggins often plays with the second unit guys as the primary, you know, primary guy or the number one option. So that makes sense too. the fact that there's already congruity for, with those guys. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, there, there are ways to look at it and say, you can see what Ryan Saunders is doing, but ultimately it's a it's a choice between Trevion Graham and Robert Covington being in your starting lineup and playing more minutes and having more of a featured role, and it just seems like a an over an overthinking by the coach. Would they do this if they weren't playing uh, the Pelicans? I I don't know. I I, I I'm not sure if this is. Uh, I don't really know what this says. I, I think it's it's an interesting thing to have tried to just throw out those guys all together for the consistency of them playing together, as you were mentioning. But I, whatever, Carl Towns was out. I guess you got to throw one up and say um, <laughs> maybe he just was overthinking things or or believing that this gave them their best chance to win against a team that is uh, probably pissed off after losing in overtime. Um, and not getting the final shot in regulation that they thought they were going to get that was stolen by the, the refs on a poor call from the refs. So, yeah, th th there might be a lot of emotion for that Pelicans team, and, and the and the Timberwolves might be looking at it and just feeling like this is their, their best opportunity. We really shouldn't have spent this much time talking about Robert Covington not being in the starting lineup. Uh, yeah, that's all on me. Sorry. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into the fun uh, stuff. All right, so we're going with our early all-star predictions. Uh, as you can see on the screen, if you're following along with us, um, that uh, we want you to come in with your NBA all-star takes or any other NBA madness you might want us to engage in. 
And uh, let's start off with our starting five in the Eastern Conference. Now, this is not how they used to do it. Uh, the Eastern Conference won't be playing the Western Conference. It's going to be a captain versus a captain choosing players. But um, we'll. But we still we'll, have, you still have to come right. up with all the guys right. from each conference, even from each yeah. conference. It has yeah. to be even. The, whether or not they have the captains and how that gets chosen. Right. That's, so some, that's something for a later up. show. Exactly. We're just talking about who's going to get selected from each conference. Right. So, um, so how yeah, do they select the starting five? Though. Uh, so starting five originally was done by the fans, but that's not the case anymore. It's a, it's a piece of also coaching staff and our coaches and writers. Is that correct? Yeah. So uh, in 2016, 17 current players and media joined the fans in the voting process. Fans account for 50% of the vote to determine the starters while players in media account for 25% each. Uh, once the votes well, players. are players. Okay. Yep. Once the votes are tallied, players are ranked in each conference by position guard and front court, two guards, three front court players. And then each player's score is calculated by averaging his weighted rank from the fans, the players and media. It sounds more complex than it is. The two guards and three front court players uh, with the best score in each conference are named starters. Fan votes serve as the tiebreaker for players in a position group with the same score. So, um, yeah, it's it's a good little system, it seems like. Uh, it uh, tries to weed out those situations in the past where it was leaning just on the fan vote. So you would have guys who were just maybe big names and familiar players that people said, oh, I know that guy he's a great superstar, but it was one of one of the past or maybe a, a, an oft injured superstar who wasn't at his same level and, and just getting, you know, or Jeremy Lynn getting tons of votes from overseas. Yes. Um, yep. Things like that, even though he wasn't necessarily playing well. Right. And then a lot of that started with Yao Ming too, where he might not have been playing, but would get just crazy votes from, you know, China and all around the world, really. Well, I mean, you see it every single season with even where the, the game gets hosted. Last year, the All-Star game was hosted in Charlotte. So there was an influx of people voting uh, with more earnestness for uh, Kemba Walker. So mm -hmm. he was one of the top four leading vote getters. So um, and this year, you're probably going to see Zach Levine and Lowry Marketing have a lot, a lot, a lot more votes than what you would think. Or Wendell Carter Jr. have a lot more votes than what you would generally think. Because those fans are going to be working hard to try to get their guys into into their own game, which uh, right. maybe uh, uh, it's might not going to happen. Yeah, but um, Levine's it's name might come about. at some point. Yeah. But uh, should we get into our starting fives for the East? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us yours first, brother? Okay, so for my starting five uh, with the guards, I got Jimmy Butler and Trey Young, and. This the Trey Young might be controversial, or at least that's maybe we'll I, we'll get into a conversation. I will know. I was I was surprised. Well, I'll give you my guards too. I've got Jimmy Butler as well, and then I've got Kemba Walker. And okay. you know, a lot of me creating my list was looking at the standings and saying which teams deserve guys, and then of those teams, yeah. which players the most likely to get uh, the appropriate amount of votes from around the you know the, the available things, whether it's the fans, the players, or the media, and just looking at all those narratives, I came came to Kemba Walker mainly because of how good the Celtics have been. Honestly, I wasn't even thinking about Trey Young until I saw you put him on the list. I was going to put him in my honorable mentions, but I just thought that with the Hawks um, record being as poor as it is right now, that Trey Young's not going to have an opportunity to really get there. But 
dude, he, if it's a popularity contest and he's someone who I think is regarded pretty highly amongst his peers and in the media, then maybe Trey Young is just maybe he will get enough votes to be able to challenge for uh, one of the starting spots. I think you're right. I, even though he is on a bad team that he puts up crazy stats. He's one of the best shooters. I mean, without, I mean, right now in the NBA with, with uh, no Steph Curry and right now, no Luca, like Trey young might be the top guy in, in a lot of regards when it comes to shooting. Um, he, he does it all too. He's a, he's a great passer, great off the dribble scores in all sorts of ways. It's not just coming off threes. Uh, he gets better as the game goes on. His defense is better than people think. And, and I mean, he's averaging almost 30 points a game. So, and it's not crazy to think that he could increase his scoring average between now and the all-star game. So Trey young for me is, uh, is just looking at the guards. It's, it's hard to go against him when you look, especially at scoring numbers to start things off. And, and a lot of fans are going to vote off that as well. I also personally love watching Trey young. Yeah, I think there's a narrative that could see him either be an all-star or just be an honorable mention. Uh, ultimately, there will probably be an avenue where he ends up becoming one of the reserves, but I don't think it's a lock this season, um, especially because you do see so many teams lean into um, or you see so many of these votes or, and players who come out lean into who actually has the better records out of, out of a lot of these teams too. Anyways... Uh, so should we move on to our front courts for the Eastern Conference? Yeah, so we didn't really have to say anything about Jimmy Butler. He's an MVP candidate. We both, he's he's like a lock to get one of those guard spots, right? Oh, ab yeah, absolutely. We yeah. it was like a, almost a no-brainer when putting at the guard position. Yep. Like that was Jimmy Butler's right on there and then who's going to who's going to be the other guard? Um right now we'll see who who can emerge. I know you and I have a have a difference in there between uh Kemba and and Trey. So this isn't really in this uh this part of the conversation is not super interesting because we both have the same three guys, Giannis for the front court, yeah. Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Pascal Siakam. Um, is there anybody who should we should be looking at and saying, well, maybe they deserve to be here over there um at all in any respect? I wanted I wanted to put in Bam over Embiid, but if you look at the numbers, it's really hard to do. Embiid's at like is more than 22 points, almost 13 rebounds, uh, you know, hovering close to over three, close to four assists um, and defensive stats. I mean, Embiid really is the, the guy. And if it was the center position like it used to be before they removed it for three forward spots, Embiid would be your starting center. And you're already giving Jimmy a starting spot. And the Sixers have a better record than than the, the Heat right now. So it's just hard to look at that situation and say, Okay, right. I'm gonna we're gonna give one of these starting spots to another heat player. Yeah. Um so but hey, Bam's Bam was in that conversation and I agreed with everything you just said about considering him uh uh in the mix as well. And I mean Sabonis, I guess you could say, but I think Bam is really with the heat success and the way he's evolved. Um I mean Sabonis is amazing, but Bam, I think also Sabonis plays a lot more power forward, whereas Bam, you you would say, is the center. Well, I mean, I it's know, just three forwards, so it's not, you no, know, I know, not I'm just really saying the whole no, I just you know, mean, the center aspect into it. Yeah, a I'm just saying, yeah, if you're talking about Embiid and Adebayo, not necessarily, I know it's three front court spots now, but when uh, looking at the two, like Sabonis plays a lot more of both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Well, actually, uh, wait, wait. You're saying Sabonis plays a lot more of both uh, in compared to Bam? Yes. I don't know because there's a lot of there's a lot of confusion kind of about whether it's him or Myers Leonard who's the center. That's that's fair, but Leonard can go. I mean, he might play 25 minutes one game. He might play 12. I think I think sometimes one of them will guard the center, the other one will guard a power forward. And but like, look, I think Bam's the the more he's the, he seems like the uh, the orchestrator on defense and things like that. You know. So right. yeah, yeah, there you I, go. Yeah, I, protector. yeah. And we've seen Leonard play outside of just center when he was in Portland. Yeah. Oh, I mean, whatever. Bam's versatile. He can do Oh, absolutely. No, he's the man. Uh, Okay, should we get to some of our East reserves? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us yours? Okay, so I've got got Kemba. I didn't have him in the guard spot like you did, but I do have him as a reserve. Throwing Bradley Beal out there. Another guy, not on a great team, but putting up some pretty incredible stats. Uh, Demonte Sabonis, we mentioned already. Uh, he's not going to be my only pacer on here. Uh, I'm going with uh, Bam Adebayo, of course. Jason Tatum gets on there for me. Two Celtics. Chris Middleton going to get his second straight All-Star appearance. So uh, two for the career as well. And then Malcolm Brogdon. So uh, at some point in the game, you could see Brogdon, Middleton, and Giannis in the game together, which I think would be a lot of fun to see that would be a neat little thing to see uh i also have brogdon and chris middleton as likely guys we both put them in our wild card slot so for the reserves the reserves are chosen by coaches in each conference so all the east coaches vote on all the east reserve players all the west coaches vote on all the west reserve players and they can't vote for a guy from their own team so that's how the reserves are chosen they get to choose two guards three forwards and two wild cards um, and I think it's just interesting that we both put Chris Middleton and Malcolm Brogdon in our wild card slots. Um, in my two guard spots, now you said you had Kemba Walker and Bradley Beal, as stated. Also, I have Kemba Walker as a starter. So uh, my other guards, uh, my reserve guards were Spencer Dinwiddie and Ben Simmons. Um, I don't have Bradley Beal as a starter right now, and I'm, th- I'm probably going to be way wrong on that. Cause I think coaches will just acknowledge that he's so talented that he deserves to be an all-star, but looking at the records and how good uh, Spencer Dinwiddie has kept the Brooklyn Nets. It's hard for me to say that he shouldn't have a spot as an all-star. You know, he's the one who's led them with Kyrie Irving out. He's been their all-star. He's been their leader. So I I think there should be some recognition or at least a a heavy consideration of Spencer Dinwiddie being an all-star reserve. Um, I also, Ben Simmons, he's just been so great on defense, you know, regardless of the fact that people want to criticize him for not having a shot and and such, it's just like, he does so many other things so well. This is, uh, I believe the Sixers have, you know, one of the best defenses in the league and their, their starting unit is so dominant defensively. So it's, I said, if they're going to, if they're going to have the second best record, as we get, you know, more deeper into the, into the season here, if they hold this positioning, then they're going to get a second all-star and you just have to say, is it going to be Ben Simmons or is it going to be Al Horford? And I think Ben Simmons has probably been more uh, prodigious in, in his uh, impact on the team this season. Okay. There was a lot to take in there in that take. Um, well, there, Ben Simmons is someone you don't have on your list, yeah, which, and so is Spencer Dinwiddie. So, I mean, do do either of them fit, yeah. or were they um, in consideration for you? Absolutely, especially when I put my wild cards. And the reason the, the Middleton thing is is tough not to put him in there. He gets overlooked a lot. 
Um, and then Brogdon, too. I mean, he did start off the, the season super hot, was averaging 20 and 10. And he's fallen off a little bit from those statistics, but those are incredibly amazing statistics. And anyone would, would be uh, have a hard time keeping those. But uh, and I also think that Brogdon will get like these are coaches voting. So and I'm they're both like, they're both who, who's going to love defenders. Brogdon? Yeah. Yes. And 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 coaches love defenders too. So um, in Middleton, although he doesn't get like fan acknowledgement for or you know superstar yeah. treatment or whatever or whatever from from fans, uh, coaches and people in the in the NBA front office understand his value, how good he is, and what he means to the Bucks. Well, there there is one thing. If if Eric Bledsoe comes back and is as good as he was to open the season. Now, the fact that we've already had Chris Middleton miss a little time. Now we're having Eric Bledsoe miss a little time while Chris Middleton was out. I was thinking that Eric Bledsoe was going to solidify himself as the second best player on the box for the first half of the season, which would mean that he'd end up getting an all-star appearance. But now with Bledsoe missing a little bit of time and not being really exactly sure if that's going to be two weeks or however long, um, it, it does open the door back to thinking that Middleton will, will be the guy. And I mean, coming into the season, it wasn't out of this world to think that Brooke Lopez would have been the the second best buck and the guy who got the the all star bid. I mean, with not this year, obviously, he's been somewhat of a disappointment from from beyond the arc. But with the way he uh, protects the rim, I know he's not a, a great rebounder, but that's by design. Um, but he I mean, he could have put up a season where you could say he's was in that conversation, especially when Middleton went down. If if they if they ever wanted to feed Brook Lopez enough shots right. and enough minutes yeah. to feature, feature him, yeah. yes, in that way that could happen. But I think it was also difficult a little bit to see, like when they brought in his brother, you just knew like okay they're gonna force feed his brother minutes even if even if it doesn't work, you know, just because it's yeah. like it's family, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but but Thanasis never plays. So we already talked about our guard choices um, and we talked about our wild card choices, but let's get into our forwards here. Now uh, we both have the same three guys, DeMontis Sabonis, Bam Adebayo and Jason Tatum. Uh, Tatum for me was looking at where the Celtics are in the standings again and saying who else other than Kemba Walker, who I already have would deserve a spot on the, on the, uh, on the all-star team. And there's a big part of me that considering how well, We've seen Marcus Smart guard Giannis this season and other key players. I wanted I wanted to be able to put Marcus Smart on here, but with him being injured right now, with his, uh, you know, he actually he was dealing with uh, some injury last week, and then now as he's dealing with an eye infection that's been keeping him out, and there's just all these little things that are going to hurt the narrative for him to end up being uh, considered as an All Star and not just maybe a defensive first team, all you know, type player. Uh, so we kind of get into our honorable mentions. I mean, another great defensive player who's not going to get in is probably going to be Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, that's uh, that'll be interesting to see if you know how well the the Magic play going into the All Star break, whether or not they end up getting an All Star at all. Because it, there's you know while Vucevic was out offensively, you could say that Evan Fournier was their their star on offense. Um, but Jonathan Isaac, I think being the con- consistent defensive force for them has really been the, probably the most important thing on their team. So if you're going to award anybody with a, with an MVP spot, or I'm sorry, an all-star game spot, uh, 
he would maybe be the guy that I would look at, but I just don't think that we're going to have enough of a narrative there to uh, get John Isaac built up. Okay. Who would be some of the, who are going to end up being the bigger snubs like Andre Drummond potentially? Cause we both basically chose Sabonis over Drummond in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think you just look at the, the Pistons and the fact that there's dude, we might actually see based on the way, the number of votes that Derrick Rose got last season um, at, as part of that um, Western Conference backcourt, uh, he was, I believe, the number two overall voted uh, player. Yes, Derrick Rose on the Minnesota Timberwolves playing off the bench had the second most votes behind Steph Curry last season. Steph Curry had 3.8 million votes, and Derrick Rose had 3.4 million votes. The next closest player, James Harden, with 2.9. Wow. So, uh, people love Derrick Rose and who knows, man, maybe they'll follow him to well, Detroit. Here's the thing. It, it's in, yeah. And the game is in Chicago. So, oh my that, gosh, that's another, I mean, it's a homecoming. Oh my gosh, it's going to happen. It's a homecoming in multiple aspects. I mean, he's from there and of course played his best career basketball there. So the, the craziest thing about those Derrick Rose, uh, votes last year though, he got, you know, the second most votes in the Western Conference for a guard for from the fan votes. But he and he got 36 votes from uh players, but he got zero votes from the media. Not one. Um, out, out of he, out of the, the great he's not the greatest with a microphone or a camera in his face. He's been way better at it this year. And so has so has Russell Westbrook, too. So Maybe that'll help endear them to uh, the media a little bit more. But like Russell Westbrook's another guy who, you know, a lot of fans will probably be like, what? Westbrook's not an all-star this year? And it's like, well, I mean, no. <laughs> but but he might be. Who knows? Uh, th- that's definitely someone who's in contention. Uh, for me, guys that I didn't pick, I think Trey Young, Devontae Graham, Andre Drummond, as you mentioned, you know, we just start to, to start talking about the possibility of a dark horse like Derrick Rose finding its way possibly even into the starting lineup, you know? Wow. Like, uh, wouldn't you? you, wouldn't you, you I mean, Jimmy, dude, like, yeah. Jimmy Butler, Derrick Rose, can they get Zach Levine in there too? What if the Chicago Bulls fans just go crazy and they're like, we have no hope, so we're going to get our whole team in the starting lineup? All right. <laughs> well, they only have three. I mean, they're all three considered guards, though, aren't they? Uh, you can Butler is you, maybe you can Butler make the, the argument for Butler, yeah, say, yeah, as a yeah as a forward. Yep. So, um, okay, so the, we kind of covered. Is there any other honorable mentions that you want to get to? Our our big differences here well, is I have Trey and Beal, and well, I think I have Trey uh, and Beal, and you have. Dinwiddie and Simmons are kind of our big East uh, differences here. So yes, some of those guys are going to get snubbed, Uh, you know, but yeah, I've got Trey Young, Devontae Graham, Andre Drummond, Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, Jonathan Isaac, Miles Turner. Uh, People probably don't want to see that, but coaches might love how good he is as a defender at the rim. Uh, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet. You've got to at least consider somebody else from that Toronto group. Maybe, man, no, coaches wouldn't vote in Marcus All, would they? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't. Think I so. think they're only get. I I think they'll only get one unless an injury happens. But 
And the fact that Kyle Lowry's missed time, Fred Van Vliet's been, yeah. been missing time recently. That's kind of hurting their narratives. Although Fred Van Vliet's really close to coming back. So, and there still is, you know, like voting hasn't even opened yet. So uh, the narratives that get built up during voting will certainly help as well. Uh, particularly right before the, the media and the players vote. Uh, Marcus Smart, as I mentioned before, Al Horford from the Sixers maybe uh, is somebody that is going to get a lot of consideration from coaches because they might look at his addition this year on this on the Sixers and say he's the reason they're they're as good hmm. as they are. Uh, Eric Bledsoe and Nikola Vucevic are the guys who I think will all be in some in those conversations for possibly being an All Star this year. All right, should we move on to the West? Oh my gosh, we still have the West to talk about. Dang, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh who do you got with your uh guards in the west my brother all right so i'm not sure everyone's gonna agree with who i have at the guard position and uh there's it's there's not it's not there. that it's not that it, it's something else i know what it is okay all right. i've got i've got luca and lebron as my starting backcourt okay but you're leaving it dangling like you want p you want somebody to in the in the ether to sh- to scream out where's Harden, um, so I guess I will. Um, where's Harden? Well, okay. Here's the here's you. the issue. Just tell us who you have for your five. Start your starting five. Um. Okay. So then I've got Jokic, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Davis for your three forwards. Yes, which was not. I don't. It wasn't okay. That, that was tough. now. That was even tough. though LeBron is starting at point guard, he's guarding yeah. forwards. Even though Luca is starting at point guard, he's not like guarding point guards a lot. You know what I'm saying? So like, right. We could put those guys at the forward spots if we need to. And James Harden's going to be one of the starters. You know, I can't tell you how good it felt to keep him out of the starting lineup. You, at least in, Jokic, on my dude. Team. Jokic, dude. Jokic, because, who dude. Who else? I know, but Jokic, it, dude. Ah. Look at the numbers. You can. He's, I, I will let you change bum. it right now if you want to. <laughs> no, no. Jokic has been. He has not been nearly as good as he can be. I, as good I as he should Jokic. be. I know he's a great player, but if you still look at the numbers, I mean that's unbelievable. Okay, he's so just, he just isn't playing aggressive and can't get to the free throw line. My starting five. I also have Luca. I also have LeBron James. I have James Harden. I have Kawhi Leonard, and I have Anthony Davis. So I do not have. Carl Towns or Nikola Jokic. Um, I've got Kawhi Leonard and James Harden instead. The James Harden one is just like, I win that argument. Um, now, the Kawhi Leonard thing, though, I'm after what he did last year, I don't see how he doesn't get, as, as long as he's playing in enough games and the Clippers are top three in the, in the West, I don't see how Kawhi doesn't get a starting spot. Uh, I just put him, uh, I put Leonard and George basically on my reserves almost right away, not in the starting lineup. They both have missed time or there's load management or Paul George's shoulder. And they're, so I just, you just never know how many games Kawhi, he could sit out for two weeks. Just who knows? I, I just don't know what to think, but there, yeah, that was the guy that I would have put in certainly instead of Jokic, <laughs> but uh, I just, uh, the games played potential there. I don't, you never know what's going to happen. So I, that's why I didn't put Kawhi. He is, he is a better player than Jokic this year. Obviously. If anybody's watching the stream, I hope you're just commenting how crazy Anthony is for having Nikola Jokic 
and or Carl Anthony Towns over James Harden in his West starting five. But it's not yeah. how it works by position. You can definitely finagle these positions, dude. <laughs> this that's what was great about this is it was my opportunity to finagle it the way I want. And uh, Harden as the sixth man, he's used to that role, just like OKC. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, who do you got for reserves? Uh, okay, is so James Harden with, a reserve for you at least? Yes, he is a reserve. He's absolutely reserve. Forty, I mean, almost forty points a game. Do you want me to sit here and make a case for James Harden? Uh, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard. I'm sorry, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Rudy Gobert. Finally, no tears, or at least tears of joy this time. And uh, then Booker and Porzingis. All right. Um, I can't argue with any of those picks. I also have Paul George uh, as a reserve. I have Donovan Mitchell as a reserve, though, over Rudy Gobert. So that's a uh, a fight between teammates for the all-star team. Uh, I have Nikola Jokic con- uh, as a reserve for my uh, for my group, as well as Carl Towns. And then I also have Kristaps Porzingis as a reserve and Damian Lillard. Uh, and Devin Booker. So the only real difference we have are the Utah Jazz back guys. And, oh, I didn't uh, even, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Uh, so do you, you're just taking Mitchell over Gobert or just the, the year that Mitchell's having? Or, I mean, Gobert's stats are never going to be super eye-popping, but he's such a difference maker. It's unreal. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who gets, uh, you know, the most votes or how that all goes. I don't know if, you know, Donovan Mitchell only got 417,000 votes last year. So he wasn't that great to start last year, though. It was kind yeah. of a, like started off in a sophomore slump. And I mean, he would eventually break out a little bit. But this year, I feel like he's a little bit more on track to what we saw his rookie year. Yeah. And Rudy only got 196,000 votes last year. So uh, most of Rudy's votes came from. Looks like the the players for the most part. Yeah, yeah got, which makes sense. He's going to be a coach's <laughs> players guy. Because Rudy only got one vote from the media, and that's the other thing. I just think that the fact that Donovan Mitchell is an exciting player and mm-hmm. on offense, you know, someone who can dunk the ball in a in an emphatic way, even as a smaller guy, it's uh, I think there it's it's more likely that he finds a way onto the All Star team. Then again, this is coaches. So this is coaches deciding at, at this point with the reserves. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking like, yeah, it's similar conversation we had earlier, but Mitchell is the, the fans guy and Gobert, I think, would be like the coaches or writers guy. But as you said, I only got one vote from the media last year. It's just kind of silly. Yeah, it is a little bit, um, but I guess you only have what you have and sometimes you get beat down by super depth in the uh you know, in a particular conference at a particular position. So um, I guess people probably might have an argument like, or want to wonder like, why is Chris Stapps Porzingis right. an all-star? You know, he's not, he's not averaging great stats this year. Why does he deserve a spot? So what's your argument for that? Well, just in sheer size, don't you think some of the characteristics that Rudy Gobert has that, in some ways, I mean, just on appearance alone and size, uh, the difference maker making that you have, um, you know, down low and Porzingis more so coming off of, 
like he can shot block not just straight up or defending the rim. He can kind of come off to the side. You know, he's not just guarding other teams' top centers. Um, so there's there's certainly that. He's an amazing shooter. Now you have the chance to be featured without Luca. He's only going to get better. He's he's been out forever. He was an All Star, what in his second year, which was just uh, year before last. Yeah, I think you know if I think people have watched him this year and wanted to you know fling crap at him and and say that he's not playing as as well as what people I don't know what narratives they build up in their heads, but um because you have to take into account the fact that he's coming back from eighteen months of not having played the game. Uh, but the fact that the Dallas Mavericks are third in the West, if they can, if they maintain, you know, that high of a slot for the playoffs, uh, and, and especially with Luca missing some games, and and they just had, you know, Chris Stapps is the second best player on this team. If you look at, you know, the Clippers, and you say we're going to have two, you know, from the Lakers, we're going to have two All Stars. From the Clippers, we're going to have two All Stars. And there's an argument for maybe even Montrez Harrell being an All Star. So that's yeah. someone to to have an argument about whether or not he's more important than what Chris Dasperzingis has been. But this is a yes. Dallas Mavericks team that has one clear number one in Luka Doncic, but they also have a very clear number two who is who has allowed himself to be overshadowed a bit while Luka has been dominating. And if you watch that game against the Bucks, you could see why Chris Stapps is as gregariously amazing as a player as I don't know. I guess I remembered him being with the with the Knicks because he he was he, he wasn't even necessarily featured, but he banged in two three pointers from the logo. A seven three guy. It's making you gasp. Uh, I'm sitting in the crowd and people around are staring at me like, "What? You're at a Bucks game? What are you doing? Getting so happy about this guy doing that?" And it's like, "Are you serious? Are you not watching this? this is like an amazing thing to just watch some a human being yeah. do." You know, it's a rarity. I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it. And then there was a, it's like I think it was a to see Andre the Giant. Yeah. Or there was something a, like that. It really is kind of a, it's it's a spectacle. A, it, it is. It's absolutely a spectacle. And there was a, there was another play where Sterling Brown or someone was coming in towards the hoop and Chris Stapp's down there protecting the rim. He's a good rim protector. He's good at defense. Like, does he make mistakes sometimes? Sure. But that's also due to some rust of just not having played the game at a high level and he's playing against the best in the, you know, best there are. So, anyways. Yeah, I think there's plenty of reasons to say that Chris Tapps would deserve a spot. But uh, as far as other guys who could maybe get those uh, spots, who else do you think is maybe going to be a snub this year or who else might be in the conversation uh, or honorable mentions? So you you dropped uh, Montrezl Harrell's name. He's a guy I think you and I both had uh, trouble keeping off of our all-star list. Um, and but uh, We both went with Chris Tapps. Harrell's got to be right there. We both had CP3. Uh, right there, the way he's played this year. Uh, my honorable mention is a little bit shorter than yours, but I also have uh, Jamal Murray. I went with Carmelo Anthony, and somewhat of a surprise, but he could get in a lot of weird ways, I think. And although I love CJ McCollum, I think that Carmelo Anthony might be the focus for this particular all-star with Anthony having not played last year, basically. Well, and it's just like we talked about with the Derrick Rose stuff if the Carmelo fans come out in droves on exactly. Twitter through the fan vote, like he could He's a name, he's a name, dude. I mean, what if he ends up overtaking Kawhi Leonard's spot, you know? So <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, and then there might be, I don't know. It just depends on if the, the Blazers can actually can 
compete and be in a playoff spot though too. But right, because right now you don't want to give that team more than one, and you're still not going to value him or credit him more than you would a a Damian Lillard. And I think it is hard for media people to. I don't know, man. People might bite on those narratives, man. So yeah, Carmelo's Carmelo is a definite dark horse. Uh, we both had CP3, like you mentioned. I had Boyan Bogdanovich from the Utah Jazz. I just think that he's been really good for them and is an underrated guy in the league as a, a very versatile scorer. I think a lot of people who just see what Boyan uh, looks like as kind of a he just looks like a middle aged you know middle school math teacher and. Um, in a lot of respects, but if you watch him ball, dude, he's super crafty off the dribble. You know, he's not just a spot up shooter. He's a scorer. He works all over the place in the, in the, uh, in the mid range too. So, and he's just, he's super, he tries to take advantage of mismatches when he has them in the post. It's he's, he's, he's a really fun guys, uh, highlights to watch. If, uh, if you're looking for something to surprise you. Um, and yeah, I think he deserves some conversation, maybe even over Rudy Gobert. Uh, Jamal Murray from the Nuggets, you got to give some some credit there for the fact that they're high in the standings and, and that he, and Jamal Murray's their second best player. Um, if the Kings are in the playoff contention, the fact that De'Aaron Fox has missed time, I, I you would eventually think that De'Aaron Fox would be the guy that they that you would talk about from the Kings. But right now, right. Would, for you would, and would, me, it was too early to put him on here. Maybe. Right, so it would have to be like Buddy Heald, right? Yes, and I didn't. I considered Heald, but I I had uh, Westbrook, Capella, and Ingram as kind of my final three honorable okay. mentions. And those are all guys who might get into the conversation. Obviously, um, I had Andrew Wiggins as someone who maybe deserved some chatter a little bit for how well he's played so far this season. Uh, Drew Holiday, Clint Capella, as you mentioned, uh, the Clint Capella and Westbrook stuff, though, like. Eh, those guys might just steal each other's votes in the media or even from, from players Being the second guy. Yeah. yeah. Only, only being willing to shell out two for the Rockets. Yep. Um, so that, that'll be something interesting to watch, but you know what? The, the guy who's actually made the most winning impact for the Kings, in my opinion, has been Rashawn Holmes. So like before they put Rashawn Holmes into the starting lineup over Deadman, they weren't playing well. And then when they put Rashawn Holmes in there, that's when they started playing good. So even though people want to look at the fact that, you know, Bielita hit that game winner and that he's, you know, a, a big, a good shooter, like the fact that Rashawn Holmes is losing minutes because the team, because Luke Walton thinks that having Bielita out there as a starting power forward is the most important thing is just like, it's all so thick, man. He's so thick. Um, anyways, I think that's all the, uh, all the, th- the thoughts I have, you know, if you are watching anywhere you're watching, if you want to, uh, go leave a comment on iTunes and tell us what you thought, or uh, you know, who you think should be considered for the all-star game this year, who's somebody who maybe we didn't mention, please go do that. Um, thank you everybody for watching. I don't have anything else to say. Really? Did you have any uh, no. other ones? No, I think that wraps it up. We appreciate you guys checking us out. This was one of our best live streams so far. Actually, it was our best by by quite a bit. So we appreciate how much you guys are checking us out, interacting with the show. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. We do it five days a week. So uh, keep checking us out. We appreciate it. Like, subscribe, rate, review. Anything you can do really helps us out. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow night. We love you.